Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's rolling fine. Things are all right. It's still crazy days in sports, but I don't know when this is being released. So maybe maybe things have calmed down. Maybe by the time people listen to this, like, corona pandemic's over and mm. everyone's just happy. Every, yeah. Everything's been solved. Yes, that's what yeah. I'm hoping. Trump has resigned. And uh, Wow. <laughs> Mike Pence said he's not worthy for the position. And so he, he resigns? It. So who, Pelosi becomes president? Uh, gritty. Gritty is now the president. Oh, Gritty. Uh, do, yes. we want a, do we want a uh, Philadelphian as president? I don't think it's so. tricky. I do think like Gritty. They're pretty terrible. Yeah, I don't know. Like Gritty, if you really think about it, he's not a great guy. Yeah, funny story actually related to, because I'm just thinking how Gritty would scare the children. My mm-hmm. three-year-old is very, very, very afraid of um, big bad wolves, except he calls wolves wolves. Like so yeah, sure. Like all kids and many grown-ups yeah. do. Sure. So he's very afraid of wolves. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very afraid. And he's always convinced that they're around every corner and they're hiding in his bedroom and all over the place. Yeah. And I, it's never Better really dawned me. upon me that the, the, the basketball team I root for is the Timberwolves. But, um, but Jared Jerome, former number one listener, was uh, texting me something about Anthony Edwards and what the Wolves do with the pick. And I was driving with my three-year-old in the car. And because I'm responsible, when I text and drive, I don't text it with my fingers. I just dictate it. So... I was dictating to my phone back to send messages and I said something about the wolves and my three-year-old gets very, very nervous. And he said, ah, but what did you say about the wolves? Oh, the wolves, where are the wolves? Are they coming to get me? So I said, no, 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 no. These aren't real wolves. These are basketball players who wear shirts with pictures of wolves on them, but he didn't believe me. So I actually called Jared Jerome for confirmation, but I don't think my son really cares about Jared Jerome. So, okay. Yeah. But, but neither do we, we're here to talk about, Yeah. <laughs> We're here to talk about he the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He would have believed it more if Elmo it. Yes, the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we've actually been looking forward to this preview. Yeah, um, no guest, though. We've, had a, nope. we've had a good guest for many years, but I feel like we know as much about Tom Brady as any Bucks fan does. Sure, probably more. They've yeah. been in a different conference for two decades. Yeah, well, yeah, you especially. We've also so, done, I think, like like 15 podcasts in a row with guests. Like, I don't know what's come out, what hasn't, but like most of the podcasts have been, ended up being with guests after the first few weren't. Yeah, now the listeners are very, very high on the Bucks. Um, only two listeners have the Bucks outside the top nine, which is kind of crazy. And the, uh, the the listeners have the Bucks sixth overall in their power rankings, which is ridiculously high, if you ask me. You and I have them twelve and thirteen, and yeah. in the average rankings, they come out at twelve. So, um, 
we will, you know, here's the thing with the Bucks. I think that the Bucks have become very, very overvalued. I mean, their over-under is nine and a half, and we'll get to it. But, like, to me, you, you got to have a lock on that under just because this is the same team that went seven and nine last year with one difference, which is they got rid of Jameis and they brought in Brady. And so the question is, is a 43-year-old Tom Brady going to be so much better than Jameis Winston that they can go from seven wins to ten wins or more? Um, a Brady who, by the way, has gotten significantly worse in each of the last two years. Uh, but he also, to be fair, had last year, I think his pro- – would you say was his worst group of playmakers ever, or at least since, like, his first couple of seasons? By the end of the second Giants-Pats Super – like, that, that season where they lost to the Giants the second time, um, yeah. th- like, he had nothing. Remember, they had Ocho Cinco, you know. No, they still had – they still had Welker in his prime. Yeah, that team and was – but Was yeah, that, that pre-Gronk and Hernandez? Gronk was in – no, Gronk was injured. Oh, okay. Um, so he has a massive upgrade in his playmakers, that's sure. And so it will be very interesting to see – uh, whether the fault of Brady over the last couple of years, was it with Brady because he's in his 40s or was it with the people around him? He also has to learn a new system for the first time in two decades. So, you know, this season is going to be all about Tom Brady. Before we get into the Bucks, uh, our former, your former uh, co-host, Ari Gold, asked me a question. He said, you know, everybody's comparing Tom Brady to Joe Montana on the Chiefs. He said to me, do you have any examples of Hall of Fame players that switch teams very, very late in their career and were very successful? So I went through and I put together. And we're just talking football, I assume. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, baby. I got oh, any all. sport, okay. Any sport, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, Joe Montana, 37 years old, had played one game the previous two years due to injury, comes to KC, makes two consecutive Pro Bowls, goes to the conference championship. I think he was objectively successful. He was very Yeah, successful. especially considering he had very little left physically. He was very good yeah. with the Chiefs. So the one guy that's never mentioned. Yeah, the one guy that's never mentioned, and it drives me nuts that he's never mentioned, is Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was 36. Had yeah. just missed an entire year with a neck injury, such that the Colts, the, mm-hmm. his, the team that loves him, completely gave up on him. He goes yeah. to a new team, immediately wins the MVP, immediately goes to the Super Bowl, uh, lost the Super Bowl, but then wins another Super Bowl, although, you know, not as good anymore. So it's weird to me that everybody talks about all these different guys. Nobody ever talks about Peyton Manning. Like, the Peyton Manning Maybe is like, it ended sort of poorly, even though, again, they did win the Super Bowl. He was so bad by them. But, yeah, the guy, the, the guy, you know, broke the touchdown record. Come on. Yeah, the first year he was there. Um, he um, now he was he was 36. So the cutoff I did for the NFL I did is 35. So you have to be 35 or older when you switch teams, and had to, and had to have huge success. So are you ready for, to me to uh, drop some names on you? Yeah, please. All right, Rod Woodson joins the Oakland Raiders at 37 years old. Mm-hmm. He's a first team All Pro, leads the league in interceptions, and leads the Raiders to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and this, this is two years after he was on the 2000 Ravens team as a 35-year-old man also. Yeah, but, but, he, but he wasn't so good. I mean, you know, he was on that team, but he wasn't a key car. But he was a major – I mean, again, he was a first-team All-Pro 37. I mean, in incredible. hindsight, maybe he was. Like, I don't know. We didn't know what the hell was going on in 2000. Maybe he was well, still – Well, the stats aren't – yeah. Anyway, um, Darren Sharper, by the way, just misses. He was 34 when he joined the Saints. Mm-hmm. But I will note that he also was a first-team All-Pro, also led the league in interceptions, also led his team to the Super Bowl, and he also uh, led the league with three pick-sixes. But 34, so he just misses. Marcus mm-hmm. Allen, I'm going to make an exception. He was only 33, but 33 for a running back is, you know, ancient, obviously. He yeah. joins the – and we talked about him recently, how he only made the Hall of Fame because of his late Chiefs run. He joins the Chiefs at age 33, the same Chiefs team that Montana joined, by the way. And um, he makes the Pro Bowl, leads the league in touchdowns, and takes the Chiefs to the AFC title game. So mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. Uh, the most obvious example, I think, probably in football is Brett Favre, right? He's 40 yeah. years old, comes to the Vikings in 2009 after, uh, you know, not a great year for the, for the Jets. And he had arguably the best season of his career, and he led the Vikings to the NFC title game where they would have won if the Saints hadn't cheated. Um, but uh, if we get down, like, beyond sort of Hall of Fame level quarterbacks to top 50, top 60, like very good quarterbacks but not quite Hall of Famers, 
Jeff Garcia had not started a game more than 10 games in a season since he was 33 for the Niners. Four teams later, at the age of 37, he joins the Bucks, ends up starting 13 games when he takes over due to injury. He makes a Pro Bowl, leads him to a playoff berth. So pretty good for a 37-year-old. Uh, Rich Gannon, who I think I mentioned on the Tannehill podcast, joined the Raiders at 34, which is a little bit young, but he had been a career journeyman, and he put together arguably one of the greatest four-year runs in NFL history. He won an Offensive Player of the Year award. He won an MVP. He took this team to the Super Bowl. Uh, Randall Cunningham comes off the bench at the age of 35 for the Vikings in 98. Uh, the highest scoring team in NFL history. They go 15-1 and go to the NFC Championship game. Uh, speaking of the 98 Vikings, I hate to include them, but I have to do it. Gary Anderson joins the Vikings that year at 39, has literally the greatest season in the history of the NFL for a kicker, did not miss a kick all season, not an extra point, not a field goal, until uh, two minutes remained in the NFC Championship game. I don't remember what happened after there. And speaking of Hall of Fame uh, kickers for the Vikings, Jan Stenerud joined the Vikings at 42, led the league, at 42, led the league in field goal percentage and made his first Pro Bowl in a decade. Uh, but the Vikings sucked that year. So, We're uh, in such uncharted territories with Brady's age. Yeah. I mean, Brady's, Brady's a year older than Jan Stenerud, and Brady's a quarterback, not a – yeah. Uh, Randall McDaniel, by the way, my number two guard of all time, joins the Bucks at 36, helps lead them to consecutive playoffs and makes the Pro Bowl. But they were already a playoff team. In fact, they went to the MC Championship the year before he got there, so I don't think they were Also, really a guy I like Randall McDaniel, again, is making the Pro Bowl every year no matter but what. No, but he had missed then, it for so a couple like, of years. Yeah. Um, obviously, the GOAT Jerry Rice, we're talking about the Raiders. He was 39 when he joins the Raiders, and, you know, they go to the Super Bowl and they go to a Pro Bowl with him. Um, no tight end applies because Tony Gonzalez, Sharp, Gronk, all too young when they switch teams. Gronk, by the way, is only 31, so not that old. Yeah. Yeah, hockey, yeah but he's washed. Hockey, the only guy that really jumps to mind to me is Ray Bork, but I'm, not a, I'm sure there's a ton of examples. I'm just not a big enough hockey guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gordy Howe was so old, but I don't know. What, what, but, was yeah, he did he join teams a team? Yeah, I don't really I'm not know. Sure. Um, there's a lot of NBA guys who joined a team late and were good, not great, like Pippen with the Blazers and Rockets or Barkley with the Rockets. But there's really no example in the NBA of a guy who, above the age of 35, switches teams and has a tremendous season and takes his team to, uh, you know, deep into the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. really never happened in basketball. Interesting. LeBron, you know, switched to the Lakers, but he, again, he was only 34 when he switched, so I don't think that really applies. All right, let's go to baseball. We got a lot of I mean, LeBron will probably switch teams again. Yeah. You think, I don't think, do, does LeBron retire as a Laker? Ooh, that's a good question. It depends where Brownie goes, right? Oh, you think he's gonna? He's he's for I sure gonna play to, with his son. I think. I mean, if his son is good enough to make the NBA, I think he would definitely want to. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go to baseball. A boomstick, Nelson Cruz. Uh, you know, does not count because he's not a Hall of Famer. But what he's doing for the Twins right now is insane. Uh, Roger Clemens joins the Astros at forty-one, goes to the World Series and wins a Cy Young Award at forty-one. So that's pretty close to Brady, and probably they're both on lots of drugs, right? Uh, Clemens and Brady. Yeah. You're not even listening. I, can, I am listening, but that's, you know, I listen. I don't want to be involved in, in that. Clemens. We're, we're, we're pro steroids. Uh, we don't care. That's true. Um, yeah, 30, take all the steroids you want. 35 isn't really old for an elite starting pitcher, so I, I sh- I'm going to use a higher standard. But it is worth mentioning that the big unit, Randy Johnson, joins the Cardinals at the age of 35 and promptly wins four consecutive Cy Youngs and a World Series. So, I mean, that's, again, 35 isn't that old for a guy like him, but that's just incredible. Um, Nolan Ryan joins the Rangers at 42, another Brady comp. He finishes top five for the Cy. He throws a no-hitter, and he beats the shit out of Robin Ventura. So I'd say uh, that's a pretty impressive performance for a 42-year-old, even though he doesn't win a World Series. Schilling obviously joins the Sox at 37, wins 21 games, second in the Cy, uh, gets a bloody sock, and wins the World Series. And um, I don't know if this really counts, but do you remember when Manny Ramirez was traded midway through his age 36 season to the Dodgers, and he hit 396 in yeah, L.A.? sure. Yeah. So, yeah, we got we to acknowledge that. Um, yeah, and um, just a few more hitters. We got uh, Frank Thomas joins the A's at 38, 
It's 39 home runs. All right, let's get to the Bucks. What? You, you know, you're not interested in this? We're remembering Nobody, guys. No, people want to hear Bucks talk. Hold on. I got well, four, we are, I got four we're, more. We're remembering Frank Thomas. We're not remembering. I got, I got four more guys here, all right? We're not remembering Daniel Polka. Right, I got four more guys here, all right? Frank yeah. Thomas, at the age of 38, uh, joins the A's, as I said. Uh, 39 home runs, finishes fourth in the MVP, and his team goes to the ALCS for the first and only time in the last 28 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Tomei, who was the boomstick before boomstick, joins the Twins at 39. As an absurd 182 OPS plus, and the Twins uh, win the division and uh, win 94 games, which is the most they won until last year for like a 14-year span. Joe Morgan, 37 when he joins the Giants, which is ancient for an up-the-middle infield, uh, up-the-middle infielder. And uh, at age 37, he gets MVP votes and uh, has his only career silver slugger. Side note, the award only started like two years before that, but uh, had a great year for the Giants at 37, gets MVP votes. And the Giants finished, finished with a winning record for, I think, only the second time in like a decade. And my last guy, Paul Molitor, joins his hometown twins at the age of 39. As a 39-year-old, leads baseball with 225 hits, bats 341, and becomes the first player ever to get a triple on hit number 3,000, which Ishiro would later match. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's my list of, of players who, when they were very, very old, switched teams and did very, very well. Okay. All right, so you have the Bucks at 13. So do you expect Brady to join that group of players or no? I, could, I, I, I'm, I would pound the under. If, I wonder what Brady's over-unders for games played because now that I think about it, I would pound the under. And, of course, Blaine Gabbard's the backup, so I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, this entire season is heavily invested on Brady being better than Jameis and staying healthy, and that's really the biggest risk of all. Let's talk about the rest of the team, though. So Ronald Jones was unplayably bad as a rookie. Have you Go look at Ronald Jones's uh, rookie year stats, or do you want me to just tell you what they are? Yeah, tell us what they are. But yes, he was, and then, and then he had a 1,000 yeah. yards rushing. Line. All right, uh, Ronald Jones, 23 rushes, and he played nine games. So it's not like he was, uh, you know, 23 rushes, 1.9 yards per attempt. Sounds bad. His long was nine yards. Mm-hmm. Not, not very good. Yeah, so last year he was much, much better, but he's still basically just a guy. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round, and they brought in Shady McCoy, who's very old. Yeah, I think between the three of them, they're okay. I mean, they're it's okay, not a, but yeah, it's, it's not, not a strength. Special. But yeah, but yeah, they they have different options. McCoy they're not probably they're not the better player. running backs than Brady had in New England. But the receivers, Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin was so good last year that somehow Mike Evans became like the number two receiver in Tampa. Absolutely incredible. I don't, they don't have a ton. They they drafted a mid round guy, but they don't have it. They lost Perriman. They don't have a ton beyond those two guys. Yeah. So my question is, and maybe I can ask you as a Jets fan. Is Par- my perspective on Perriman is because he had two studs, he was just, you know, getting the sort of the uh, the overflow and then he cashed in for the Jets. Is he actually a good receiver? I don't know. We'll see. He's never had more than 35 catches in a season. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's, he, it's yeah. a fair question. He, I don't, he's definitely not a number one. And uh, he's not really just number one. Jameson Crowder is their number one. Yeah, but, whatever. Yeah, and not, not just podcast. Uh, uh, Pro Football Focus, by the way, you were talking about their mid-round draft picks. Fifth rounder, Tyler Johnson. PFF mm-hmm. called him one of the steals of the draft, and they think that he will immediately become their their wide receiver three. So I mean, that's very possible. He has no real competition that you've heard of. So yeah, and then of course OJ Howard and Cameron Brait, the best one-two punch at tight end Brady's had since Gronk and Hernandez. Um, by the way, let's hope OJ does not uh, take after his namesake uh, <laughs> and his uh, tight end sake. But uh, yeah, so there's a lot of weapons here. I really and the line by the way. Last year they had a top ten offensive line, which is very good when you have a 43 year old quarterback who's immobile. Mm-hmm. And um, they and they the first, drafted Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. Now, t- to me, Tristan Wirfs' last name always like seems like it's misspelled. Doesn't look yeah. like I don't know. It's, it's like a weird name. name. It's like it is like a it's like a Madden year fourteen of a dynasty. Yeah. It's like all right, we've yeah. given up. The but so I think he plays right tackle instead of Demar Dotson. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Donovan Smith, who was good, and Ali Marpet. Uh, yeah. I always mix him up with the Ali Hobart, uh, I believe, on CNN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though it's a pretty decent offensive line. Uh, remember, they're not really relying on Gronk. I mean, uh, it, you know, the Godwin Evans, Gronk, OJ Howard, Shady McCoy set, or Ronald Jones set is still pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, are we expecting anything from Gronk? Again, I don't think they need him because they already have uh, OJ and, and yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's a loaded room. I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how he's looked in camp, Gronk. Yeah, but um, he's gonna be drafted it, too high in fantasy. I'm sure he he will definitely be drafted too high in fantasy. But there's so there's not like ten automatic drafty type guys. Yeah. So, but, so here's do? the thing. But would you agree with me that Brady has no excuses? Like if he if if this Bucks offense is not elite, it's because Tom Brady's 43. You can't blame the weapons around like you did in New England last Of time. course, yes. Okay. I, it, it's a risk in the sense that almost any, like, if you gave Ryan Tannehill this team, I think he'd have a huge year with Evans Godwin. And well, Jameis said 4,000, almost 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, but I think Tannehill might even be better. Yeah. Then, yeah, well, he was better than Jameis last year, obviously. Do we think, you know, we've talked about this as, as long as the podcast has existed. Do we think that um, this is the end of the Mariota Winston debate? Or like, are we ever going to have one again? Well, it's so weird because we'd sort of go back and forth every year, and then they both dropped off the face of the earth at the exact same time. Yeah, it is strange. Yeah. I mean, so which one of them, if you had to put money on which one of them is going to have a star turn in 2020, would you say Winston in New Orleans backing up Drew Brees at 40, or would you say Mariota for the Raiders backing up uh, Derek Carr, who's a much worse player? I think they both start a game this year. Yeah. That's my take. I mean, look, the, the, the Saints went undefeated with Teddy B last year and it got him a $72 million contract. I think that Jameis and Mariota, I think Jameis for sure will be a starting quarterback within the next two years. Mariota, I'm less confident in, even though I liked Mariota slightly more than Jameis for most of their careers. Yeah, I think, that, I think uh, they both get a shot this year. I think Breeze is so old and Carr, you know, has a, between injury, which he usually does not get injured, but between injury and getting pulled for a game, I think they both start at least one game. Yeah, on the Raiders podcast. Have we released the Raiders podcast yet? I don't remember. We must I have. don't know. You released this stuff. Um, yeah, our, our guest said, uh, he said it's only year three for Derek Carr. All the years with previous with other coaches and coordinators don't Do count. not count. Throw them out. Yeah. It's year three of regime three, and this is yeah, what matters. Exactly. So let's. So here's the weird thing about the Bucs. So everyone thinks of them as the offense because – of all the big names they have and for fantasy last year their defensive their offensive dvoa was 21 not good their defensive dvo was mm-hmm. five they had a very good defense they had the yeah. sixth best pass rush uh that football outsiders has ever graded it's crazy yeah very good the front line i would say their front four carl nassib is gone but their front four vita Vey, dominican sue in the middle and uh they franchised shaq barrett and they gave jpp a two-year deal mm-hmm. 27 million that's a very good starting four for a four three. Well, I think Barrett is technically an outside uh, like edge rusher. I think it's no, whatever the hell he is. Yeah, he, he's an edge because Golston also is. Uh, yeah, is, and Levante David, by the way, as like as good as any linebacker in the league, both in coverage and stopping the run. He's a superstar. Yeah, he's excellent. Levante David, yeah. excellent. And their secondary, I mean, they're, they're not big names because they're young. It's, it's almost like the Vikings a couple of years ago, like Jamal Dean and Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunning. like these aren't big names, but it's a very solid se- secondary as well. So mm-hmm. I, I I think this is a team that. And they also they drafted Antoine Winfield, who's been like the best player on the team in training camp. Yeah, it's you know he's going to be a star, I think. People in Minnesota really, really wanted the Vikings to draft him, and Mm -hmm. I and I really did not just because I don't like when you draft the guy just because he's like a local. Although I I do think the Minnesota teams do that more than almost any other. Oh, they do, and I mean so the big example, of course, is when they took uh, Joe Maurer, 
And at the time, I was very annoyed because I was like, oh, they only took him because he's a local guy. But then it turned out that Mark Pryor, you know, had an amazing season for the, for the Cubs and then, you know, basically never played again. So it turned out to be the correct move there. Uh, maybe Winfield will be a star. I don't know. But uh, although the Vikings... Yeah, no, he's already their best safety. Like, in, yeah, but the Vikings didn't have a needed safety. They had a lot of other needs also. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but I, I'm rooting for him. I just, my issue is, I think that if you ask the average, like the casual fan, they think of the Bucks. They're going to think of the Bucks as Brady in the offense. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I, I don't expect good things from Brady. I don't think he's going to play 16 games. I don't think he's a particularly good quarterback anymore. I think any quarterback can put up numbers with these guys. We saw with Jameis last year. But I think this team is going to be dependent on their defense. But the main thing is, but it, yeah, it's a really tough division. And they went 7-9 last year. So yeah, why is the over under 9.5? It's crazy. It's a it's an incredibly public team, obviously, yeah. because yeah. you know. It's, I mean, you could even you could you know. I was looking at this. I don't know. We really need like a um, a betting expert to tell us where to go. But you could you know. There's so many online books. If you're doing online betting between Fan FanDuel and DraftKings and, and MGM and all these things, um, you can get a different number at a lot of at, you know for a lot of the teams over unders, right? Yeah. You, well, you so, get kind of half different. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's. So, I don't think it's ever more than a than a, yeah. than a half. But so you can. So with the Bucks, you can get nine and a half. And I thought, oh, maybe there's a place you could get nine. But no, at, um, at one of the books, at, at MGM, it's 10. That's insane. Now, of course, you money. get less money. Yeah, no, but you're printing money. Uh, but, on people who are taking, because I think everybody's taking the over because it's like, oh, Brady. And, you know. Right. This is a sucker's bet. Do not take the over on the Bucks. Because you're only getting minus. And I'm talking to our listeners, by the way, because all our listeners have them in the top nine. It's like, again, 43-year-old Brady is the only possible upgrade over a team that went seven and nine last year. Yeah, also, and you don't know how. And if anything Brady happens to him, it's Yo Gabber Gabber time. It's just it, it's. Yeah, it's if way you love Brady so much, bet on the Bucks in individual games. To yeah, start the well, so why, why don't we play some schedule game and see if uh, how many wins are actually going to get? Okay, let's do it. All right, week one at New Orleans, a, a four twenty five start. Everyone gets to watch Brady's debut against Breeze. I think it's a I think it's a really great game. Obviously, Brady Breeze is 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 super cool that it's happening. Uh, yeah. but it's a loss. Yeah, our right, week two at home against Carolina. Is that not the national game? It's funny. Like Brady Breeze automatically should be the. Yeah, national it's at four twenty-five. Yeah. Um. What's the second game? Carolina at home. That's a win. All right, week three at Denver. Our Broncos fan guaranteed a win. He says, you know, Brady has a very bad career record in Denver, which is true. Yeah, this is a tough. This is a tough one. A uh, long trip for a very. This is a very old team. I mean, you know. Uh, not the defense, but although I guess on the line with Sue. No, Levante David is an old linebacker. Um. JPP is a little. I mean, a yeah, lot the receivers lives. are young. Their secondary is young. Those Sue, are yeah. like, yeah, no, it's an old team. Yeah, okay. They the only the only rookie they're starting is Worfs. The only second year player they're starting is maybe uh, like Murphy Bunting or Edwards. Well, you know, in the secondary, yeah. they don't have a lot of. And the only the only rookie who's going to play besides Worfs is is probably going to be Winfield. Anyway, uh, yeah, I have this as a loss. I agree with uh, the Denver fan whose podcast I was not on, so I did not hear. All right. So, what's your pick for this game? I said loss. One and two. I one and two. Uh, they come home. They face the Chargers. I'll say win. All right. So two and two. They go at Chicago Thursday night. It's only three and a half day turnaround for forty-three year old Tom Brady. Yeah, but also for for you know twenty-six year old Mitch Trubisky sucks. <laughs> yeah, or uh, pretty, whatever your own. I, this, this is a real must-win game. This is one of those on the schedule. Like, all right, you wanna you wanna make the playoffs, win this. So I'll say win. All right. So three and two, and then they play the Packers in Week Six. Also four twenty-five. At every home, Brady game is yeah. At home, every freaking Brady game is going to be uh you know prime time basically. There's a um. By the way, at, there, seriously, one, two, three, four. They got like five consecutive prime time games after this. Yeah, well, you want to stack them early, and when you know Brady's like. Hasn't well, no, this is week six to twelve is all their prime time games. Oh, okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah. Um. 
there's a early when I was rewatching NFL games this uh, summer. Uh, there's an early '90s a Bucks pa- uh, Bucks Packers game, like the Battle of the Bay. Yeah. And, uh, Chris Berman, who's like normally like pretty respectful of every team, mm. uh, you know, not like doesn't really editorialize and like, hey, this sucks. Um, not a he's fan like, of the Bucks. He's no the, because both teams were so bad that year. Uh, it was it's considered like one of the worst games ever played. I don't have the stats. In oh, wow. me, but like he's like vomiting openly during the primetime. highlights. It's like <laughs> it's just like 15 interceptions. There's not a single good player on the field. It's wild. Um, this game's in Tampa. I'm Does Governor DeSantis win. order that they open up the stadium? Yeah, I'm going to say they win. I'm going to say Tampa wins. Okay, so four and two. That's a pretty good start. And they go mm-hmm. at the Raiders and at the Giants. Raiders game on Sunday night football. Giants game on Monday night football. Ooh, all right. I'm going to do a split here. Okay. I'm going to say they lose in Vegas and they win in New Jersey. All right, so five and three at the halfway point. Week nine, again, third night, third night game in a row at home against the Saints. Yeah, I think they're going to win that. Oh, so six and three. Wow. Yeah. Huge win against the Saints. Six and three. This team is uh, driving all the way to the over, it looks like, for Uncle Kiwi. You had them ranked 13, lower than uh, me, lower than almost all of yeah, us. They haven't played Carolina yet also. Right. Which... No, they did in week two. You gave them a win. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. Week 10, though, they go at Carolina to finish the okay. season series. Okay. I'll say a loss. All right. So six I'm going to have splits. In... Oh, so they haven't played Atlanta yet. Yes. They, have... they do not play Atlanta until the, the week of Christmas. All right. I'm going to have that as a split, too. Six and four, and then another Monday night game, this one against the Rams. At home? This is in uh, Tampa, yeah. Give me a high-scoring game. I'm going to say that's a win. All right, seven and four, and then they face the Chiefs at a 425 start at yeah, home in week lost. 12. All right, seven and five, coming out of the bye, they face the Vikings in week 14. I'll say loss. Seven and six, they go at Atlanta. Loss. In week 15. All right, so from six and three to seven and seven. So this, and by the way, your Jets started, I think, seven and two with, uh, with, uh, in the Brett Favre year, right? Yeah, in the and Brett then, Favre season, they were seven and two, and then and they eight, ended eight and eight. eight. Now he was also injured. Toward, toward Wait, were they eight and eight, nine and seven? I think. Oh, nine and seven. Okay, so they started seven and two, and then went two and what's mm-hmm. my math? Two and five. five. Yeah. yeah. All right, so seven and seven. All of a sudden, a must-win situation. Week. Well, I already said that I'm going to have them beating Atlanta in week seventeen. Okay, so, so so this then is all, it's all so up at Detroit. What happens at Detroit in week sixteen? Oh yeah, that's tricky. I think like that, like I don't know, Stafford could not be playing, but I'm going to say win. I'll have them at nine and seven. Okay, so you have a nine and seven, which is still. But the it's a under. soft nine and seven. I think if I had to move one of the, I mean, I, I did like the split. I not that I think they're for sure going to go on the road and win the Raiders and Giants games, but like that was a gift that I gave them a loss. But this is, I don't know, like. So are you nine and seven leading not 10 a, and six or nine and seven leading eight? Not and eight? a horrible schedule. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm nine and seven leading eight and eight, but also yeah. nine and seven. Yeah, so and seven leading nine and seven. Yeah, and does is this Brady's last year? What's your prediction? Yes, I do think this is Brady's last year. Okay, so probably not. I mean, if he wins the Super Bowl, I think he leaves having won the Super Bowl for sure. Why? Well, if he plays gr- great and doesn't get hurt, I do think there's a chance. But I think like when it goes, it's going to go fast. So, so, but what's your like? Give me so. Let, let me see if I can find Brady uh, over unders. All right, here we go. All right, the over under at Caesars for yards for Tom Brady. This is very high. 4,099 and a half. So can he get to 4,100 yards? Last year, he did not. But again, much, much better weapons this year. I'm going to say no, because I don't think, again, I don't think he's playing 16 games. Yeah. I, I think I'm at about the same place as you. I have the Bucks. I have him one spot higher. I have a 12, him at 13, which is basically the same thing. Nine and a half, I would take the under. I just, it's too, you, it's too, you can't assume a seven or nine team is going to win three more games when, you know, they've changed one guy and he's 43 years old. So 
obviously we're not we're not you know Tom Brady super fans here, but we certainly appreciate him. You know, he's if not the greatest, one of the top two or three greatest quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. But it's totally unprecedented, and at some point it's going to go, and when it goes, it's going to go really fast. So, um, yeah, I, I what's what's the worst case scenario? Like, can you see the Bucks going like four and twelve this year? Yeah, the worst case scenario is they're so bad he sort of retires midseason or like has one of those bogus IR yeah. stints. Almost or almost like a Favre leaves like him the the second season that Favre had in 2010 with the Vikings where he yeah. had a concussion. No, that's very point. possible. Like if it doesn't happen in 2020, it will happen in 2021. It will happen at some point. No, but you know Tom Brady drinks the special water, so you can't get concussions. Don't you know the science? I, it's not just about head injuries. I, he's just old, man. He's yeah. I, I feel old some days, and and uh, you know we're well, you're we're much 50. younger than he is. Yeah. No, we're much younger than Tom Brady. It is nice having like there will be a day in two or three years where there's no relevant athlete who's who is older who's older than us. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I it mean, hasn't happened. We're, we're getting pretty close, but yeah, Brady's holding uh, preventing that from happening for a while. I'm starting to think that Keith, my uh, chances of making it to the NBA are are slim. Yeah, at this point, you would be one of the oldest players in the league. You're not Vince Carter level yet, but I do think this is probably your in best chance. In terms of chances. talent or age? No. In ter- well, yeah. Uh, maybe the big three is for you. Go straight right, to the let's, Let me put it this way. There are 300 million Americans. How many Americans would have to drop dead for me to become a player in the NBA on an active roster? I think just Trump wins another term. You probably eventually get in there. <laughs> All right. So uh, MAGA, or keep America great, whatever he says. Um, yeah. <laughs> So you're saying there's a chance. Okay, so relative to a number of our listeners, uh, Akiva and I obviously not so high on the Bucks. Why don't we turn to uh, our biggest Bucks fan listener, John John? And we did the schedule game. Akiva has him going nine and seven or eight and eight. I'm going to guess John John has him doing a little better. So John John, why don't you tell us uh, how you have the schedule going for the Bucks this year? Okay, this is the schedule game. So my predictions. So week one. At New Orleans, we are probably going to lose. Week 2 against Carolina, I see as a win. Week 3 at Denver, a win. Week 4 home against LA Chargers, that's a win. So 3-1. And, and then week 5 on a Thursday night in the Windy City of Chicago, that's a win. I mean, come on. If you have Mr. Brisky, that's really terrible. You know, that'll be terrible if you lose to him. And week six home against Green Bay, I say that's a win. Week seven at Las Vegas at the new stadium, uh, I say that's a win. New, at New York, I mean that could be a loss for me. I just pick it's a loss, but it's a last minute thing. Week eight against New Orleans, that is a win. Week ten against Carolina, a win. And then LA, it's a win. Kansas City, it's a loss. So that's we lost three so far. Minnesota win. I think so. I think I said twelve and four, but I guess thirteen and three is a good, good, good you know record. So yeah, I'm excited. Wow. So John John has the Bucks going thirteen and three, a little bit better than Akiva and I. That's a pretty hot take, John John. Is that your hottest take for the Bucks, or do you have an even hotter take? Biggest take for me in 2020 is that the NFC South with the addition of Tom Brady and Gronk with the Bucks, I feel like it's going to be mostly a competition between New Orleans and Tampa Bay when I predict that the Bucks will win 12-4, and 
win the NFC South and I just want them to make the playoffs this year. That's the only thing I care about, especially now that we can. Hopefully with a 42-year-old guy named Tom Brady, hopefully that he can finally bring something good with his Buccaneers football that we haven't had since, what, maybe Josh, no, Jeff Garcia, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jeff Garcia as our quarterback. Okay, so that's not really the hottest take from John John. Uh, to say they'll go 12-4 and four or 13-3, and three, win the division over the Saints, that's pretty hot. But to say just, you know, just to make the playoffs, especially with seven teams making the playoffs, definitely very reasonable, definitely something that can happen. Uh, we've heard John John's best case scenario, at least for the regular season. Akiva... What's the absolute, absolute best, uh, like, realistic to you upside for this team? Can they win the Super Bowl? That's a good question. I, just, I don't think so. Because even if Brady's great, like, you're just asking so much of him. As it gets colder, you're asking so much of him um, in these, in, like, you know, to win three or very yeah. possibly four. Like because almost everybody's, remember, almost everybody's playing four games in the playoffs now, right? Other than the, yeah, other unless than the Yes, unless they're literally the one seed. It's rough. That's rough. Because yeah, you see Breeze, like Breeze gets noticeably worse. It's I you I mean you could back that up. Uh, have we done the Saints podcast yet? No, no right? No. So I don't know if you want to do a study into that, but like it seems like Breeze gets noticeably worse uh, as the season goes on, as he's gotten older the last few years. So yeah. Brady is just so freaking old. I don't yeah. know. I, I think for Brady and Brady and Breeze, th- this uh, you know this could be it this year. Yep. Yeah.